Welcome to the Court of Alex podcast. We record in brightest day and blackest night, and I lost my script, so I did not know that I was hosting until two minutes ago. <laughs> I'm B, and I'm joined by <laughs> Joe. Hi. Muse. Hello. And our special Green Lantern guest, Aiden. Hey. In this episode, we're talking about the Green Lantern 80th anniversary 100-page special. Super spectacular. We each had a favorite story, and I'm going to ask Joe to start. Oh. Yep. Oh, wow. With, I think your story was something about four? Yeah. So, I think it was, like, right in the middle of the story, of the whole book itself. It was Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, Guy Gardner, and Kyle Rayner in four from Robert Venditti, and the art was from Rafa Sandoval. And as you know, Robert Venditti is one of my favorite writers, even though Justice League is really going down right now in terms of my enjoyment levels for it. But I still like him. And this story actually kind of proved that a lot. So basically, it takes place some point in the future where Hal, John, Kyle, and Guy, they all get together once a year as like a little Green Lantern reunion at some bar in Baltimore. But in this case, Hal looks like he's possessed by Parallax again. (laughs) John... Just looks a little bit some salt and pepper. Yeah, salt and pepper yeah, hair. He's got some. And then Kyle. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Switched ethnicities. <laughs> I. I it could have been a stylistic Hispanic. choice. <laughs> I wish it wasn't. I don't even know how to describe it. I didn't even know that was Kyle until I read, like, the dialogue. (laughs) I was like, who is that? He looks like he's going for, like, that typical, like, artist. He looks like he's going through a midlife crisis. He's missing his beret. That's it. That's all. That's why his hair was like that. (laughs) He looks like one of those French painter slam poetry people because he's got the glasses. (laughs) He's just missing the beret. He's, like... Old the man more you talk, the more pain I feel. <laughs> he basically, to me, looked like a very old woman. Like, they drew him yeah. super soft-featured, yeah. but he's also, like, extremely squinty. Like, you never see this yeah. man have eyes. I think giving him glasses was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't look like Kyle. No. No. The story itself is good. Like, I like the sentiment. I love this story. I think the character design kind of detracted from it for me personally. I mean, Hal honestly didn't change that much. Neither did John. It was really Kyle out of the three of them. But I really love this. I'm a big fan of all those reunion type of stories and stuff. You know, the whole thing is like they all get together once a year, talk about the good old days of fighting in the core, and then you kind of start to get the notion that Guy's not showing up to this reunion. Yeah. When I was talking about this story with V, she mentioned it's kind of weird that it's just the four of them and, you know, Alan's not there, Simon's not there, Jess isn't there. Yeah, I think the callback to, like, the four motif at the end, I don't remember the exact dialogue, but it's really good. I remember reading that comic for the first time when <laughs> made that, like, the four wheels on the Mustang for uh, legs on a table, that kind of stuff. That's just, like, so god-tier, bro. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that was, like, a throwback thing. I thought it was just oh, something really? Ben Diddy made up. Yeah, I, yeah, well, I didn't know that. we never really read Green Lantern comics. I think even then it's still really good. Just the four of them, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought it was 
because Simon and Jess are still so new. Yeah. That Hal, John, Guy, and Kyle, they've kind of all had more missions together and stuff throughout the comics. I think it's definitely a throwback stuff, even to, like, the early 2000s stuff, you know? Because mm-hmm. Alan Scott's kind of doing his stuff with more of, like, the Justice Society. And then Baz and Jessica are kind of, like, a little duo pair doing their own thing, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense. I wasn't saying, like, why are they being excluded? Because that was definitely not what I was thinking. I was just, like, I hadn't read any of the early 2000s stuff. Like, the stuff I read, obviously, was, like, Green Arrow and Green Lantern, and their whole thing together and then a lot of Guy Gardner and Hal Jordan I haven't read really any comics with these four guys together so I just did not even like know this was a thing that these four hung out I thought they all kind of just took over when one of them like wasn't there (laughs) I mean like kind of pairing up in duos and not in four and so they were like it's four legs on a table four walls on a house four seats in a Mustang (laughs) and then they're like for the four core men and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Where is this coming from? Oh, no. It's out of the blue. And I'm like, there are more than four. Why are you guys all of a sudden the babysitter's club? Like, I didn't know oh that that was a thing. <laughs> so to me, it was just kind of coming out of the blue. That's how little I yeah. know about modern Green Lantern. <laughs> I think I saw them, the four together, because they're kind of like the four main green lanterns mm-hmm. from earth before they introduce uh jessica and baz so it was kind of like they've always been that four core like anyone is pretty recognizable and when there's like a major event you're usually together green lantern war is a great example of that like the, the four of them on a mission without their powers it's great <laughs> But yeah, this comic was kind of amazing because it was about Guy Gardner, but the real victim was Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, don't say that. You're right, but you should say it. But at least you were drawn well. (laughs) Like, I will say, like, one of my favorite parts of this is probably when they are telling that second story with with Guy. (laughs) But before they even get into it, they started off with... Hal just having to flex on all of them saying what you know when I made my Green Lantern ring out of my own willpower (laughs) the williest of willies guy flashing Sinestro with his birthday suit as the perfect distraction it's such a guy move though they gave the people what they wanted look if you're thinking about Guy Gardner and the most iconic moments you're thinking about that point when he pulled his pants down to flash Batman and they were like, we got to give the people what they want. <laughs> so they probably had a list and each of the guys are like, yeah, I, f- I can fit that into my story. This is me speculating. But it, that's how it feels because a lot of these stories really did have like, the showcase moments of what these lanterns are best known for. I liked a lot. Honestly, I really liked a lot of the stories in this whole thing. A lot more than the past anniversary comics that we've gotten. I honestly put this up there right underneath action comics in terms of our little scale that we've had of best to worst with the worst being Catwoman now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually like this better than action comics, I think. What? Yeah. Yeah. Are you just saying this to hurt me? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just a little, but also (laughs) I liked this a lot. I did too. Like just in terms of like story consistency. I would definitely either put it above with or right below action it's like 
in that area. It's been a while since I've read action comics, so it's not like off the top of my memory. But yeah, definitely one of the top two. I only remember one bad story in action comics, and then it's ruined the past two years of my life because it's written by the same writer. <laughs> he brought it up. I it's did. Like Green Lantern did talking about his ring. <laughs> All right, everybody, get your quarter pallets bingo and cross out Joe talking about Bendis. <laughs> I did not mention his name. You didn't have to. You, you hinted. You, know. you brought it up. You still said it. It counts. I could have been talking about Tom King. Oh, that's right. Two bad stories in that. <laughs> News gets to punch another another <laughs> hole in her punch card. So. I wanted to let Muse go next because you were doing Alan Scott, right? Yeah. I am not as familiar with Alan Scott. Um, it was the first story in this issue, and I was immediately just drawn to the writing. I went into each of these blind because I didn't want like my perception to change at all. So I was enjoying this one a lot, just writing-wise. The tone, the pacing was just really well done. The art was incredible. And then Mm -hmm. I get to the very end and I look at the credits. Wow, I'm predictable as hell. Those are my (laughs) James Tinian. I'm just somehow drawn to his writing. So Alan Scott, he was going to the mother of Jimmy's house, who was a friend. Can I get that first impression? They're friends. He died in a train accident. And Alan Scott was the only one to survive. So he's kind of talking to the mother. It's been like a year or so, and obviously she's not taking it well. And he starts to kind of reveal some things just really subtly with the writing that there might have been something more between him and Jimmy and that he was kind of trying to run away from something and happened to be there and evil group or whatever was trying to bomb the train to get to him. And that's when he got his ring. But there's these interesting metaphors between burning fire and light kind of used to symbolize either just that change and that actual metaphorical light in the darkness that all the lanterns pretty much have. And then also metaphorically talking about kind of being in the closet and that burning inside of trying to like hide who you are as it burns inside of you. And if you tell somebody about it, it's going to like burn them, aka that backlash of just shock because of the time period that usually Alan Scott's kind of put in more in the 40s comic where it's just super taboo. Like you get arrested, you go to Persian therapy stuff, just not good. So was really well done and well hinted at without actually explicitly shoving it in your face, which can happen way too often in media. Tinian's subtlety with the writing and Gary Frank's subtlety with the art, with the scene of them their shadows and the fire in the background just silhouetting them just as they're looking at each other. And you don't see their faces at all. It's just the silhouettes. That's, I think, one of the reasons why I really enjoyed this story. I had no idea anything about Alan Scott. The origin that I knew of him was completely different because I knew him as, you know, he's still the first Green Lantern. He's still part of the JSA and everything. But before New 52, he had a set of twins, a brother and sister, who grew up to become Obsidian of the JSA and Jade of the JSA and the Green Lantern Corps. Jade also dated Kyle Rayner for a time. Sorry. And she was... <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Thoughts on Jade, Aiden? <laughs> uh, she was a good character. I just thought their relationship was so, like... 
shoehorned in. I mean, I guess I can attribute it to like the time it was written. I never really enjoyed any of their like scenes together. I was just like, oh fuck, when do I get to skip this? You know, when I was doing it. So. And plus, she was dating Kyle, so he knew it wasn't gonna last forever. Something was going to oh, happen. No! <laughs> Your days are numbered. He invented the term fridging. Yep. Yeah. That makes me so sad. Originator of fridging. This poor man. I mean, I feel, I guess I should feel bad for his girlfriend. When I said that, I meant because DC seems to have a vendetta against Kyle Rayner in particular out of the four originators. Who can He's we just cursed. give the most pain to? Yeah. I think Hal's been through enough. Let's make Kyle the new punching bag. <laughs> Listen, if they give Kyle a healthy relationship at this point, it's kind of like they're breaking his character, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> is that even possible? Or is that like breaking the lore? Poor Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you Poor were saying that- The last I knew, he had two kids, and then New 52 happened, you don't hear from any of them, Doomsday Clock happened, they brought Alan Scott back into main continuity, but now I don't know in terms of this. I mean, I thought they were just doing like an Elton John thing where he still could have been closeted because of just the time period mm-hmm. that's taking place. So nothing can really be out in the open like that. And he just had kids because he wanted kids. Mm. But it was still kind of there. That's just the assumption that I'm going off of. Yeah. I couldn't really find anything either in terms of like his new origin. That's kind of what I assumed as well. They still want to have the twins associated with him. Be it like that whole, okay, I have to marry someone to keep up appearances. And still have kids. But I love my kids. So it doesn't matter. Or he could be bi. We could just go with that. I don't know. He could, he be. could be. I don't I don't know the full extent because I know nothing about Alan I Scott. mean, it's like, what's his name from Doom Patrol? Larry. Same situation in terms of the DC Universe's show oh, origin. Yeah, because that's what I was saying. Like, this origin kind of sounded like it was picked up off of him. That whole, like, I had a tragic accident while I was running away with my gay partner and then I got superpowers. Which, if they're just lifting existing origin stories that's not cool yeah but i don't remember alan scott's origin story nor i never really knew his origin story i I don't know if it is that yeah i just knew it was like oh he's the first green lantern okay moving on with my life (laughs) i like the comics i've read him in he's pretty funny yeah i like him a lot but it was good i really like this one too like honestly in terms of like an intro story for these anniversary things like i said the past anniversary stories it's really been hit or miss or it's been like a slow build like flash and wonder woman and even like robin was just okay but like this one the art was great i do remember tinian talking about this back in february or march that he was working on an alan scott and also like With Gary Frank, he did the art for the Superman Secret Origin story. He did the art for Doomsday Clock. He's an amazing artist, but you know that when you're hiring Gary Frank, you have to wait a really long time Mm. because he is notorious for taking forever on his art. But it's okay because look at the payoff. Did you like like the art muse? Oh, I love the art. It was just so pristine. Like there was just something, I don't really know how to describe it because it's not like crazy artisticness. It was just very solidly beautiful art. The faces were very expressive because you didn't really need 
crazy coloring. It was just like a Midwestern house. He was in a suit. The mom was in country little style dress. And it was all those facial expressions. And he captured all of them perfectly. And they matched Tinian's dialogue. It was great. I gotta say the hatching, like it really made it feel dated. Mm -hmm. It made it feel classic without it feeling like too, you know, kitsch. Like, even in the Catwoman one, when people were trying to make it seem more dated, they would go back to a classic style. This, all of the faces were on model. He managed to make her unique, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he made each of these characters look like a real person and then kept them on model. I gotta say, like, I really, really enjoyed looking at the art on that one. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I totally hijacked that. No, you're good. But... (laughs) So, let's see. For Kyle Rayner in Legacy, Aiden, that one was on you. What did you think of it? I mean, personally, I really liked it. I thought it was pretty fitting that it was called, you know, Legacy, especially, like, with the art style. It felt very similar to the 90s art style, I kind of noticed. Yeah. And I really liked that. Daryl Banks came back for it. Oh, really? Who was the artist for the 90s, yeah. Dude, how did I not notice that? (laughs) Yeah, the only thing I looked at was the writer, to be honest. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I enjoyed this. There's no way, like, someone terrible wrote this. I'm not going to name drop anyone. We already, we already know who the bad writers are. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good piece, honestly. Good pacing, and I think it had a lot of Kyle's, like, quirks as well, like having mm. the gorillas move stuff. It's like so extra. <laughs> like there's, he did not need to do that. But it's just. But that's how he yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. He's the and creative it's just like, one. Man, I have missed that. It made me want to go reread his '90s runs in like JLA and stuff. Yeah. Mm. I know for a fact he created like an Evangelion at one point. I was like, Kyle Rayner, you nerd. And I'm pretty sure that was in one of the early 2000s. I can't remember which Green Lantern run it was, but. It was either before his White Lantern run or during it. I can't remember because uh, I have the memory of a moth, but like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I see Kyle Rayner and I go towards it. It doesn't matter the context, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I read Omega Men. I never really read much of Kyle, like the little bit in the major like Justice League events, and then I read his crossovers with Superboy back in the 90s. That was so good! Oh my god, (laughs) I love those ones. Like, this is like a bit of a tangent, but I really love the one where, I don't remember who they're fighting, but Superboy was like, his weakness is iron! And Kyle makes a fucking iron, <laughs> like the, what he yeah. iron with. I was like, oh. oh my god. <laughs> wow. How are you that dumb, sir? Oh my god. <laughs> I love you so much, but <laughs> that's not it. Also, how are you dumber than 90s Superboy? Like, I'm exactly. sorry. Exactly. <laughs> It's because in that run, they shared a brain cell. And at the, they at did. That I mean, they Super, also had Superboy the had same the exact cell. hairstyle. Yeah, they did. Except Superboy had, like, the undercut. Yeah. But, like, the fringe was the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I enjoyed this mm-hmm. one. I also liked that he, you know, made all the other Green Lanterns in the team. And it wasn't just, like, Hal, Guy, and John. It also included Jessica mm. and Simon and Alan. Like, that was nice. And especially in that panel as well, when he mentioned the torch he was carrying, and just again with that, like, nostalgia, I was like, 
that is it, Chief. <laughs> but it was also just browsing through it and like even like on his constructs that whichever one had the lantern symbol on him, it had his logo. So it yeah. had like the black and white background. Yeah. The, which is awesome. I didn't realize. Like little small details. <laughs> Branding. And, and also the whole like setup for it as well. He's just doing like a small favor for someone. It because was for he, Guy. From Guy's bar. From his warrior's bar. Yeah, and... <laughs> when it gets all destroyed there's boxes filled with like guy Gardner pops and legos <laughs> yeah i just thought that was so nice and then like you know oh you used to be like you know a local hero you know that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. man it was just such a nostalgia trip i really enjoyed it personally i really love that guy too he's like i remember you, you used to be flying around all the time yeah and next thing i know there's like there's a bunch of these other guys. There's a lady now. What's up with that? <laughs> well, in Kyle's history, there are a lot of ladies, and it's all <laughs> They really just don't like giving him healthy relationships. Like, they had him date Donna Troy, and then they broke up because her son and her ex-husband died in a car crash. Like, that's... Yeah. How do you... And then she died. And, yeah, it just... Pain. <laughs> Yeah. Final statement, it just pain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at what point do you take a hint as Kyle Rader to say, you know what? <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm the one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe girls just aren't his thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should start collecting cats. <laughs> Works well for a lot of superheroes and vigilantes, okay? <laughs> yeah, he wasn't really included much in the 80th anniversary, which I was a little disappointed about but there is some really good art after the four one shot him in a mech suit and i stared at it for like 10 minutes when i first opened (laughs) he's definitely the nerdiest out of all of them which is why i think a lot of people can relate to him a bit more because he's just so down to earth and sweet his whole origin story as well, I think, like with the torchbearer and, you know, he was going to piss in an alleyway and then a small blue man showed up behind him and was like, take this ring. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I just think like having that kind of origin story just makes you not relatable necessarily because I don't, I'm not sure that happens to a lot of people, but not to like do a play on words, but a more down to earth character. <laughs> Plus also a lot of these people grew up reading Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a lot of us, we watched John on the screen, but we read a lot of Kyle and Hal. Yeah. For the most part. I agree. Especially like even some of those events, like he showed up in the Sins of Youth event back in the 90s when all the Justice League and JSA got turned into kids. I just remember every single panel that Kyle was in, he had a different outfit on and a different mask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Getting bored constantly and updating his outfit. It's like the little things, you know. His outfit as well is like so much different than all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Very sci-fi. <laughs> Not to mention, like, he's been every lantern. Yeah. Compared to the other guys. Still pretty emo. He hasn't gotten very many solo runs <laughs> recently. And he, he actually showed up in the animated universe before any of the other ones too because his first appearance was in the 90s Superman cartoon. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he fought Sinestro Definitely for Definitely thought episodes. that was Hal, I'm not gonna lie, but, like, it's, it's <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, all in all, I did really enjoy this little one-shot. It made me very nostalgic. Oh, good. I hope it inspires people to bring him back in a big way. God, I hope so. 
<laughs> I'm not bitter, guys. I promise. <laughs> Have you been reading any of the latest Green Lantern comics, Aiden? I, kind of. I'm kind of like on and off. It's because I sleep like 18 hours a day, so I don't really have time to do anything. <laughs> but I've been trying to catch up. Do you want me to just tell you when it gets good again? Because yes, right now please. it's just under Grant Morrison. <laughs> oh, oh, God! Oh, God. Been writing Hal, and then there was a whole three-issue story arc event where the Green Lantern didn't exist. That was stupid. And then he just brought him back. So now his run is called The Green Lantern Season 2. <laughs> How pretentious. But it's also funny because Grant Morrison didn't have a story in this anniversary issue. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, I can't tell a short story. Have you met me? <laughs> I would all be text. There would be no room for the pictures. <laughs> Before we hop into these, I just want to mention, since the title is called Legacy, the pinups, one of them was art of Green Lantern from the Legacy Young Adult Trades. It was him and uh, his grandmother, and I was so happy. Thai fam, apparently. Our little Vietnamese Green Lantern that got his grandmother's jade ring. Such a good story. Go read it's it. So good. The art looks amazing. I'm very confused by it, but I would be interested to read it. Mm-hmm. I also like how right above him, uh, <laughs> the pinup is of Teen Lantern. Mm. I'm just gonna call her Teeny Lantern because she's not a teen. She's a tween. Oh my god. She's Tween Lantern. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Somewhere between ten and twelve. Yeah. Also, the Far Sector pinup was beautiful God. yeah jamal campbell does amazing artwork i know that's at least the cover art is that how the interiors are for far sector as well oh, yeah he does God. the interior art also beautifully consistent art and i'm really happy that they did include her because I'm, the 5g initiative rumors are to be confirmed she's supposed to be the next main green lantern oh that's right but we'll see <laughs> i mean they've been pushing jessica a lot so i thought that she would have a chance Same. at it but Oh, man, the Jessica story was good, it too. It was. Mm. I yeah. really liked it. I liked a lot of these stories. Yeah, they really yeah. hit on the heart Honestly. of each character. The Jessica one, I think the thing that captured me the most about that one was the anxiety brain versus the normal brain. Yeah, no, mm. I think Jessica's whole reason for being a lantern is so good. That switch and, like, the anxiety brain just being unrealistic it makes sense. That is how the anxiety depression brain is. It just thinks of the worst possible case scenario. And you're like, why do I think this? <laughs> like the reasonable part of your brain is going, no, that's not it. And you really see that struggle in- inside of what Jessica's going through. Yeah. Right. And the Jessica one was written by Mariko Tamaki. And let me just say, like every time I've read Jessica, no matter who the writer is, Jessica has such an opportunity to be a train wreck. The whole setup of her character, it's a tightrope. Like, you could definitely push it into a really bad place. I don't know, in writing, a lot of times when I read about people with anxiety, it's done really poorly. Mm-hmm. But every time I've read her, it's done so well. God, I know. Jessica is probably my second favorite lantern. I mean, she's definitely my first. <laughs> I mean, no offense I to I mean, like, Kyle, we all know who uh, my love. favorite lantern is. <laughs> Can't do anything about it. Uh, she is such a good character. I really enjoy a lot of, like, runs with her. Yeah. No, she's great. I like Guy Gardner for different reasons. I know you're gonna flame me for that, but <laughs> I love how stupid he is. He's so fun. That's definitely his appeal. 
I love watching him get in fights. I love watching him just make everyone mad and then everyone at the end pulling together for him because he has some minor redemption arc where it's like it makes it all okay. But so honestly, like he was done perfectly. Jess was done really well. I'm trying to think who else what are my other faves? Hal. I loved Hal's. Yeah. Okay, so oh I was gonna God. talk about Hal, that was my choice. It was the second story in this after Alan Scott's. I loved that one, I'm not gonna lie. I don't like a lot of Jeff John's stuff personally. Right? I loved a lot of his past stuff. I loved his current Shazam title right now, and I really love this. I probably just haven't read enough from him. Oh, yeah. And you know we always bag on him because of New 52. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. You gotta. Still have war flashbacks of him. Oh, God. (laughs) He's still in timeout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But listen, GJ, you did good. <laughs> He's slowly making up for it. <laughs> it's the GJ redemption art. <laughs> this was so classic. It was perfect. It was small. It was a really short story. Hal wakes up on some foreign world with like very little memory of what happened. He consults his ring, which is also damaged. It's like it's 0% battery. This is the scary thing that happens to Hal all the time where <laughs> he's on an alien planet how is he going to get oxygen if his ring doesn't work and he doesn't have a lantern nearby? So he's just like, Welp, I'm about to die. Well, I don't really remember what happened. There was an explosion. But you can send three messages before this goes out and it's all over. <laughs> so that's the setup. So now we've got Hal and he's in this dire predicament and it's like three messages, like three wishes. Who are you sending them to? And if it were me, I'd be like, I'll send one for help. You just conserve the rest of your energy so I can breathe longer. He's like, I will send all three now, damn it. (laughs) So he's like, first, I'm sending out one message to every lantern. Come get me. I don't know where I am. Find me. Which I'm shocked counted as one message. I know. (laughs) I'm like, these are basically wishes. (laughs) It's just like, I wish for infinite calls to all my friends. (laughs) Wish number two. Batman. Damn, I wish for Batman too, to be honest. I mean, (laughs) don't we all? So it's just like, Batman, I never told you. (laughs) And he starts like... It's like a love confession. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Because, you know, they had that weird rivalry in a lot of like... TV stuff in some of the comics. Yeah. And it's always (laughs) been the inherent homoeroticism of of Hal Jordan and Batman. (laughs) That awesome dick measuring contest they have. (laughs) Where he's just like, but I'm the cool one who flies planes, and you're the scary one who also flies planes, I guess. But I <laughs> I, I get the ladies. Now, anyway, so Hal's just like, listen, Batman, you didn't need a ring to make you a hero. You did that yourself, and I've always been jealous of you, and you're, you're my hero, and I wish I was more like you, and you're just the... And it just, just heaps it on, and I'm like, damn, he really does think he's about to die. So then... Next one, uh, Carol, love of my life. God, can we just talk about what she's wearing? <laughs> I was so confused by that because I thought she was cowgirl, his like on again, off again pilot buddy. And then I saw the star sapphire symbol on the hat buckle. Like, first of all, why is she wearing a hat? <laughs> Second, like, if it was the Star Sapphire symbol, why wouldn't she be in her Star Sapphire uniform? I think this is just Hal's vision for her because it looks like his bomber jacket. Yeah. 
just, you know, the zippers on the sleeves, and I it's the hope. Ferris Air belt buckle. No, no, no. Here's my theory. Uh-huh. She is doing something random, and he's just lucky he didn't call her in the bathroom, but he's calling her wherever she is right now, and he's like, that's what she's wearing. This is a dire situation. I'm not going to question it. Oh but she's God. having her own situation. It's unrelated to his. She's like, I'm on a company retreat, but go on. <laughs> oh, God. I hope he's not just talking to himself. What kind of... No, I think he is. He is is just talking talking to himself. They're definitely hearing him. He's he's absolutely calling them. He's recording the message. It's like looking at the voicemail. He probably just, like, made those constructs just for, like, flavor. Yeah, to imagine it. That sucks. He's just wasting battery, then. Okay, have we ever known Hal Jordan to be smart? Like, I just want to pose that question. (laughs) Not just send your distress call to the core. Send a distress call to Carol. Because what does her ability yeah. do? She just teleports to him. Like, Don't worry about logic. GJ is trying to have an emotional <laughs> He's last... trying to bring back the nostalgia. That nostalgia is there, though. Yeah. yeah it's like, no, you remember sure. this romance? Even the art for it. Like, Ivan Reyes, I like his art. He did the art for Bendis. And, like, looking at the faraway shots of Hal, it reminds me a lot of his Green Lantern run from... Yeah. I want to say Jeff Johns actually wrote his Green Lantern run back in 2007. I'm pretty sure he did. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the longest-running Green Lantern writer. Whenever I think Green Lantern, I think Jeff Johns. Off-topic, I kind of want to point out that I think it's funny that Kyle looks different in, like, every single comic he's in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, his hair. Like, he'll either have, like, the two curl fringe... Or he'll have, like, a fuckboy haircut. And I just think that's really funny. <laughs> when Hal makes a construct of him sitting next to a guy. Oh, yeah, with Guy's arm around yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at his hair. It's just really funny. Sorry, I just oh, I had yeah. to point that out. Dude, thank you, because I didn't even notice his, his hair <laughs> in that construct. Oh, goodness. The ending is just so good, honestly. I think for a lot of Green Lantern comics, they tend to end really bittersweet. So I feel like this is just, like, a sweet ending. Especially the last panel with him in the Justice League. Oh, my gosh. It's so Justice League America. Like, it had (laughs) that vibe. There was so much laughter, and it was so lighthearted, even when the stakes were big. They're just silly guys. Just being a team of buddies oh yeah <laughs> he's like i'm never gonna hear the end of this and oh just yeah to him getting clowned on by so the justice much. league it's perfect so that moment he's like about to make out with his construct <laughs> of carol he's and so dramatic as well he like starts suffocating <laughs> He's like, oh, my my mask is, oh, Oh, this is so sad. It's like shutting down. He starts coughing. He's like, I can't, I can breathe. What? Wait a minute. And he looks over this hill and. Like, sir, couldn't you have done that like two minutes ago? (laughs) It's literally Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story. Getting his helmet taken off for the first time. What are the odds that he landed so close to a major city to recognize the <laughs> So dumb. It, so dumb. Oh, he was in Vegas. Yeah. That's right. Because he was in, like, the Nevada desert. But, like, the Nevada <laughs> desert is huge. And he lands right there. And he's like, um, Ming, can you pull back all those messages? That is the most relatable. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Kyle. That is the most relatable <laughs> lantern. <laughs> 
and he's like, hello? Just the like, dumbass sir, your ring just told you it was dead. <laughs> he's like, this is so sad. Alexa, you know what to do. But he's talking to his dead ring. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love the droopy shoulders as he slowly makes his way into Vegas. Yeah. I just really like the dynamic of the last panel. You can tell Barry is making fun of him. Oh my god. Ollie's about to cough up a lung. <laughs> that man is smiling, you guys. He's trying hard not to, but he can't not. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. He's being smug about it because he heard the message to himself. <laughs> His little heart is warm. And also, like, Superman just looking there like, it's all right. I, Superman and Aquaman are in typical poses. <laughs> They're posing that for everyone camera, usually bro. sees them as. <laughs> Wonder Woman's there at the table, like, Acting like that sympathetic, like, it's okay. <laughs> they're laughing with you. <laughs> and then there's Cyborg, like, no, we're not. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> what I want with this comic is I want Nathan Fillion to read this because it works with his version of vibes. Hal. Because he just works so well with Hal. Nathan Fillion does these, like, goofy-type characters really well. I know you guys um, aren't gamers, sorry, but... Um, I'm an amateur. <laughs> um, Nathan Fillion voices a, a character in Destiny 2, Cade 6, and he and Hal have oh. very similar personalities, I think. Happy-go-lucky kind of style and, like, the sarcasm as well. I would pay to have Nathan Fillion voice this comic. I would love to see him voice Hal more because I know he did it in a couple of the animated movies. Yeah. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the Justice League Doom one. But yeah, those were like the highlight ones. Were there any that we missed? Sinestro, The Meaning of Fear by Colin Bunn. Mm. Like normally Colin Bunn is like one of my favorite authors. Really? I like his work a lot. I can't take Sinestro's face seriously when he looks like that. Well, it's also Doug Monk's art. <laughs> mm, yeah. He's got this thing with lines on the faces, and it just doesn't look good. Everybody looks like they've been up for three days straight. <laughs> it's a good stylistic choice overall. Yeah. It's just that there's a particular side profile of Sinestro <laughs> where his hair just, <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> Oh no, he's got his cousin was practicing with the razor <laughs> haircut. The barber was like, What do you want? And he was like, Just fuck me up. <laughs> uh, I just can't take Sinestro seriously. The story was interesting. It wasn't for me. No, no, I agree with Joe. No. I could see where the concept they were trying to go with was kind of to understand and justify and give more of a background as to why Sinestro went more towards. The yellow fear spectrum of things but it was just him monologuing about his life I mean, there's... is it bad that i thought lex luther gives better monologues yeah yeah Sorry. it is <laughs> listen he was just saying the same thing over and over again and it none of it sounded convincing no. it sounded like he was ad-libbing he was doing a yeah. book report in the ninth hour mm -hmm. It sounded like he was just trying to pad as many words in as he could because he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, I didn't really enjoy it as much as the other ones, but it wasn't, like, no. terrible. It wasn't terrible. Honestly, I didn't think any of these stories were terrible. I just happened to dislike this one the most. I don't really like him as a character in the first place, to be honest. I just 
think he's a prick. I think the thing with like villains is that they don't always have to be sympathetic. Like sometimes villains who are evil just for the sake of being evil are cool. But I don't know. They are trying to make him a sympathetic villain, but he's such like a dickwad that doesn't work. (laughs) I think you could make him a dick and be like, Hey, remember when he lost his wife? That sucked. Without making it just the pompous way he yeah. says everything. Mm-hmm. It's so unbelievable. It just doesn't sound genuine. Like, it's nothing like a sympathetic villain. And it's not just this story. It's just, like, him in general. Yeah. Mm. It's very hit or miss because sometimes he does play, like, that I want to control the universe. And then other times he's kind of like Black Adam where as long as my planet is secure and safe and my people are fine i'm staying out of people's way i think he would be more suited for like the type of villain that's evil just for the sake of being evil i feel like he'd be better suited for that kind of role rather than going for the like tragic backstory route it fits more with his origin of being the yellow lantern too yeah exactly he became corrupted and began wielding the yellow lantern i thought it was kind of annoying how he's just like Ah, yes, I am a terrorist. Terrorism can be fun. Join me and become a terrorist with me. Be afraid. The pitch needed work. He should have practiced in the mirror more. I mean, I feel like he's practiced too many times. He gave all his speeches at once. They kind of overlapped. Pick one. I think he meant to just pick up one of his speech cards, but he ended up just dropping all of them on the floor. (laughs) He's like, oh, God, wait. Okay, wait. And then he kills the Green Lantern, so there are no witnesses. And he's like, I'll try again with the next one, guys. It's okay. He literally does that. Now you've explained why. It's because he fuddled this pitch. Yeah, I think he doesn't have anything going for him, really, as a villain. Like, he's annoying and ugly. Like, he's not even a hot villain. So it's like... What? Where's the appeal? It seems to be like he's always trying to recruit for his core. Yeah. Because he feels everybody has the same ideology as him. Yeah, the whole spiel he has for recruitment isn't that great. Like, if they want to make him a good villain, I think if they write him trying to, like, play into whoever he's trying to convince, like, their fears, then, you know, that would make him more compelling and, like, more dangerous rather than him just being like, oh, man, you said no. I didn't want to kill another one. Frick. And then he mm-hmm. yeah. pulls the trigger. He's like, damn it. His best interpretation from what I've seen is definitely the Injustice version of Sinestro. He's very conniving. And that is saying something. <laughs> Can I also just say the pinup after the Sinestro story is probably my least favorite. It's from Raphael Grandpa. Why is Hal Jordan making a construct of a fetus? <laughs> yeah, it's a profile of Hal Jordan and he's got this unborn baby in Does his his suit kind of look like the ion suit or am i on crack it looks like a mixture of the ion and new 52 superman yeah suit. i'm uncomfortable and i am not here for it mm. i feel like there must be a short story or one-off that i'm missing about what if that's just how he views himself yeah you're right you're right i didn't even see the fetus <laughs> Were there any other comics that you guys wanted to talk about? Um, Green Lantern and Green Arrow and Time Alone. Did you guys like that one? Uh, I had mixed things about it. So this was written by Dennis O'Neill. Oh. So I believe this is actually one of the last stories that he wrote for DC or in general. I was looking forward to seeing what he brought. And like it 
did feel like a definite throwback to the classic like 70s Green Arrow, Green Lantern power hour. And also just seeing Oliver Queen being that old man yells at clouds. Yeah. They show him defending minority groups the same as they did in the first one where he's like defending these tenants from being like kicked out. So he's defending a small girl from clocking, but in his typical manner, when clocking <laughs> drops the girl off the side of the train, God, our dude. hero doesn't go for the girl. He goes for clocking. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, it's on brand. <laughs> I hate him. He like sounds and looks like and has a personality of an old man who's mm-hmm. going to yell at me. If I play baseball <laughs> near his lawn. 100%. Or shoot me with an arrow, I guess. Or punch me till I'm unconscious when there's a little girl who was just held hostage <laughs> nearby. Yelling to me about the social justice that's wrong in this country. <laughs> I was reading this open mouth until it showed Hal Jordan with the little girl in a net. Like, he wasn't even supposed to be there, but he's, <laughs> he's cleaning up Green Arrow's messes. I also like how he put her in a net. <laughs> There's a reason none of these heroes have actual children, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I really didn't like Green Arrow in this, but I think it was very typical of who Oliver Queen was at this time. He was just really angry Mm. at the world, just shaking his fist at everything. And kind of like uh, what Hal said in the comic, they need to step back sometimes and look at the reason they're doing this. Hal even said, like, I hit that point and I needed to take some space. But I love how he's like, oh, I decided to go to, like, a planet. But Ollie needs to go to the Fortress of Solitude because Superman's letting him bunk there for, like, two months. (laughs) You know he's going to be using those androids to wait on him hand and foot. Oh, God. And he's going to be sitting in that hot tub drinking all of Superman's wine. He's totally going to just be, like, chilling there, like... Yes, I am following the way of Walden. (laughs) He always does things, like, intensely. Like, he can't just go sit in a garden. He has to be like, I'm gonna go to the ends of Antarctica, and I'm gonna, like, stay in this Fortress of Solitude retreat, and I'll be here for two months and two days, just like you did, Hal. Oh, my God. Because Hal's like, you seem stressed, buddy. You seem a little crazy. Everything okay? Have you heard of weed? But in this case, weed is just this book. Have you heard of literature, Ollie? (laughs) Yes, read this book and then you'll calm down. You can tell they're both like type A, type B personalities. Yeah, definitely. They even each other out. And I think that's really funny. Just speaking about like dynamics with Hal Jordan, because he would be type B in that scenario, but between him and Barry Allen, he would be type A. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a different Hal Jordan for different eras. Yeah, and the era definitely. when he was with Green Arrow, it, he was literally that man's punching bag for every issue. Yeah. Like Green Arrow <laughs> would rage him like every day about some injustice. Like at one point, Hal's boss yells at him and he's like, you just took it. You know who else just took it? The Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and Hal's just like, I guess... I guess you're right, Green Arrow. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Green Arrow, can you just go take a nap, please? You're so cranky. At one point, he does literally tie, I think, Hal to a stake and try to burn him oh my God. because he thinks he's endangering Native Americans. This man needs to take oh a Xanax. Like, my God. <laughs> just... 
Anyways, that's that there, road but trip. the execution is a little bit off. <laughs> Mr. Queen. It was incredible. <laughs> it starts out with them fighting. Well, it's basically Green Arrow, like, yelling at Green Lantern. And then Green Arrow's like, you know what we need is a road trip across America. <laughs> We're going to get in touch with the country's roots. And they just go on a road trip. And that's the whole series. And Jesus Christ. 100% the vibe Very they similar to here. This. And even, like, Hal is talking about this book and being on the planet. And then next thing you know, they're both laying on top of the hood of the car, looking up at the stars in a totally non-homoerotic way. Yeah, there's no homoeroticism, guys. Don't read into it. I was just waiting for them to just start spooning one another. I know. Yeah, and that that was my thoughts on the book. (laughs) Well, good night. I'm kind of cold, bro. Can we, like, hold hands, maybe? Speaking of significant others... Swear, I think Hal even said, like, Black Canary is the one who recommended the book to me. You're trying to entice this man by telling him his significant other is the one that (laughs) gave you the book. It's not even, though, because they have, like, this great relationship where, Mm -hmm. like, every time Dinah doesn't want to talk to Ollie because he's so obnoxious, she, like, will pal up with Hal. Because (laughs) Hal is a regular human being that you can talk to. (laughs) And Ollie is a crazy blonde monster. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why she's with him. (laughs) But they'll be, like, together, and she's, like, high-fiving Hal in the background. Their chemistry is very weird. As a trio, (laughs) they're very good, but I think Dinah and Ollie have a strange chemistry. It's actually pretty good in, like, the first couple runs of Green Arrow Rebirth. Sorry I keep bringing that up. I just really enjoyed that one, if I'm being honest. And I'm surprised, because I've never really liked Green Arrow that much. I haven't really found a lot of, like, Green Arrow material to read, Mm. and I've I've been meaning to, like, try and find something. Yeah. I've heard good things of Rebirth. I even heard, surprisingly, good things about the New 52 run. Actually, the New 52 run for Green Arrow was not that bad. But I mean, it, that's a pretty low bar, considering mm-hmm. it's New 52. <laughs> I was gonna say, low bar, though. <laughs> yeah. Can we move on to the next one? Because I just looked at the writer for the next one, who I thought was a yeah. wonderful yeah. writer. And had Wasn't the weakest story? story. Oh, you didn't like it? You didn't like it? It just felt weird. I understand the sentimentality of pulling this party for Kilowog, making him feel at home because it's his birthday on the same day as the death of his planet. Okay. But the lead up was weird. I don't know. It was cheesy. It was very cheesy, but so was the four men meeting up. But also, by the way, guys, we're talking about Guy Gardner and Kilowog in Heart of the Core. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Written by Peter Tomasi and the artist was Fernando Pastorin. But I feel like it was pretty believable because they know Kilowog's birthday falls on the same day as his planet's destruction. So obviously he's not going to be jumping up at the chance to celebrate his birthday. So they have to set it up in a way to like kind of get him to go kind of like a batman trick yeah, yeah. and i i think it was just meant not really to be like compelling but just to be like lighthearted because i think green mm-hmm. lantern stories are not usually lighthearted. true no especially because tomasi he wrote the green lanterns with patrick gleason for years yeah. back in mid 2000s yeah so this was nice it, it brought me back to a couple of those comics honestly i feel like they had to be a little bit cheesier because it is an anniversary issue yeah and especially because like i think the rest of the comics Comics, while they're not, you know, like heavy hitting, they are a bit more serious, I think, except for the Hal one, I guess. But yeah, um, plus it's Guy. 
Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a little wacky already. Oh, I yeah. love the beginning of it. Sitting all suave at the bar. Just saying blackest night is good times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but... I think the in-between bits of, like, the lead-up into the birthday party, surprise party thing was kind of weird. Like, I understand it was like, oh, we have to trick him into thinking it's a mission because Kilowog is just not going to care. I thought it was going to be more just, like, the two kind of hotheads having a fun, like, weird buddy cop moment. And then it, I felt like it smacked into a wall when he, they fly in and it's like, surprise! And I'm like, excuse me, what now? <laughs> I yeah. wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. I was totally identifying with Kilowog with like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't remember anything before this moment. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Glad they got him. <laughs> I don't think there's anything like super deep about it. It was just a cute thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't expect anything from Tomasi, unlike some people. How did so... <laughs> you guys feel about the John one? Honestly, I saw John and Hawkgirl in that, and I immediately thought, I'm like, oh, they're going to pull it back to the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> like, their type of relationship there. And you still kind of see it in, like, two of the panels. You're like, yeah. what's going on here? But it's Kendra. Yeah. It's not Shaira. No. Yeah. It's weird. Because they had to use current Hawkgirl. Yeah. I guess there have been, like, some positive interactions between the two of them in the Justice League, or was it? No, that's not Kendra. I don't know anything about those two and their chemistry. Well, they haven't really had a lot of interactions aside from the Justice League Scott Snyder's run. Mm. Going into No Justice and You're the Villain stuff. It's not like the TV show. No, absolutely not. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like they could have done better for John. Yeah, I thought it was a little bland. Um, I do like the panel mm. where Hot Girl slaps his titty, though. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was just very confused. I wasn't ready just for gets that. A little smack. <laughs> All in a day's work, buddy. <laughs> I was also just confused with like the one where he has that meteorite and he's absorbing the power, and she immediately is on like that damsel in distress pose on him, yeah. like head on his shoulder, hand on his chest, like you can fight it, you can do it. Also. What's the name of that metal? Milestonium or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Milestonium. If you think about it, what is this issue? It's a milestone. Milestonium. Oh. Milestonium. Oh. I was like, oh. Jesus. <laughs> I hated it. What is going on with this? There was. It was on the level of the Sinestro one, but a little bit higher because I don't like Sinestro. Yeah. I can't. They were both bland. I like Polaris. He's chewing up the scenery big time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just love villains that are just like, <laughs> now I will crush you. <laughs> it's just you know when those villains are just like they're idiots, but mm -hmm. they think they're smart. I, I don't know why that works for me, but they needed more plot. I think the panel where John takes the milestoneum and then he like decks Lars with it—it's so quick. There's no like Very build quick. up. It's just like. Oh no, he's uh, gonna die. Oh wait, he's fine, I guess. And titty mm -hmm. slap, perfect. <laughs> I was gonna say, aside from the titty slap, like that's pretty much how I tell a story to a kid I'm trying to put to sleep. <laughs> I'm just like, and then they fought the bad guy and they won and everyone went back to normal and it was great. Yay, <laughs> jazz hands. There was one more at the very end.
the Simon Baz one in Homegrown Hero by Cena Grace. Yeah. Who wrote the blandest Black Panther I've ever read. This guy is literary poison to me. And the art, I'm pretty sure, is the same artist for Deceased Unkillables. Ramon Viabos? Mm -hmm. It's a cool style. It's just, I don't think it's a cool style for comics. <laughs> what is it a cool style for? For the fridge. <laughs> it's not very um, appealing. <laughs> it's just too scratchy. <laughs> no, yeah. it definitely looks like something you'd put in like a freezing that you like, hand out. Yeah. And the story, I feel like it's been done before with Simon. Like, it's just kind of shoehorning in his heritage. I just want to believe there's more to him. I don't think this comic really shows that there's more to him. Honestly, the Jessica Cruz one showed more oh, than yeah. this one. I love that one so much. And it was very simple. Yeah. But it was clear and it was heartfelt. Exactly. This was yeah. very surface level. Mm -hmm. Like, guess what this guy's nationality is? Did you know? Her overcoming, <laughs> like, her anxiety brain and being able to persevere as a lantern, it's been done before, but it's still really interesting. And, like, it's a compelling mm -hmm. story because yeah. they, they manage to do it differently every time. I love that. But also, Jessica wasn't created in a bubble. Her origin story, her rise to accept her anxiety and work through it, was really heavily reliant on Baz because he had the opposite problem. Yeah. He's overconfident and he causes all these problems because he just won't slow down and wait for people. Yeah. And he can't empathize with people and he pushes his viewpoint onto others. And then when he's with her, he has to learn how to have this compassion for her. He has to learn how to sort of slow down and take people where they're at. That could be really good for his character development. It's just that it keeps resetting, I guess. And there's never any, like, actual progress with his character. And it yeah. just kind of feels very repetitive. Which makes him look, like, a little bit dumb. <laughs> look at this idiot with muscles. He's a little dumb, muscles. but he got the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't got the spirit. That's the problem. He keeps losing it. <laughs> He's got nothing going for him. But guess what? <laughs> They show that he has a family, that he's Muslim. He has this whole spiel about what it is to be Muslim, which could be interesting, but I feel like it would require more they than a Wikipedia search of what Islam newest, is. They were able to do newest, like, Kid Green Lantern with Ty. They were able to do that really well because he's accepting his heritage, putting that into his uniform, into his character, you know, and it's they're not shoving it down your throat. No. I feel like that's not the case with Simon, though, and I'm kind of, <laughs> like, disappointed because he has so much potential as a character. Yeah. He could be way more compelling if he didn't just get on that soapbox of rage all the time. Yeah. Oh, God, and it yeah. reminds me of Green Arrow. <laughs> <laughs> New 52's Teen Titans Bunker, who oh, is literally yeah. just the gay titan to get on all social justice about gay rights and everything. He could do so much better with a character. This is just like if they had put Kyle Rayner on here, but like in a mariachi uniform. And they were like, did you know the history of Mexico? Let me tell you. As he has the mariachi construct behind him. <laughs> did you know that there are illegal immigrants, but no man is illegal. And you <laughs> he's like at the border, like yelling at ice. Oh, God. 
All in all, it wasn't bad. It was a comic. <laughs> it was a comic. I've enjoyed it more than I enjoyed other stuff. I would say it's better <laughs> than Injustice. <laughs> really? But that's a low bar, guys. You I really mean, don't like low. Injustice. <laughs> it's kind of low. I do not like Cena Grace's writing style at all because he did this to Black Panther. He reads articles on MSNBC and he goes, <laughs> how can I make this relevant to today's youth? Oh, God. And he doesn't know the answer, but he writes anyways. <laughs> just like he's hoping to find it along the way <sighs> but he also kind of dangles people over the city <laughs> and says things like what is he like the oh yeah he's like this bullets. is what this is what it looks like from god's view what the fuck <laughs> because you know me and god are pretty close buds <laughs> in fact you can call me god if you like <laughs> he does he does give him the full conversion speech where he like tries to like tell him about his religion exactly but and then that's like he does it while dangling the person upside down into it it's ridiculous no one's gonna convert while you're dangling them over the city. And he's like, this is actually a peaceful religion. He's <laughs> like, implying he's gonna drop this man. I think putting his religion as part of his character isn't a bad thing, but just like making that his entire character is It's so, a really bad thing. It makes thing. him so two-dimensional. It really does. And I, I don't believe that that's his character. I believe this particular writer is confused. Because I like Baz. How am I going to not... like Guy Gardner more than Simon Baz? Like, you can't just do that to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm they kidding. Make him that I don't hate Guy Gardner, I promise. I just like to clown on him. That's his appeal. That's why we like him. I think him. Guy is a fun character. Like, he's definitely one of my favorite characters. It's just really fun to make fun of him, you know? It's really funny. I like him more than I like Green Arrow, but I love watching Green Arrow be psychotic and just being like, I'm enjoying my hatred right now. Like, sometimes that's just my Yeah, I think Green Arrow having a mental breakdown every three pages is really fun, too. (laughs) I mean, you sound sarcastic, but genuinely, yeah. Oh, God, that wasn't (laughs) supposed to be sarcastic. I'm sorry. That's just my voice. (laughs) (laughs) He's crazy, and I love it. That's the summation of Green Arrow, and I'm glad he made an appearance in Green Lantern. That's probably, like, the only thing the show did correctly on the CW, making him, like, insane. Like a frothing lunatic. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only thing. Everything else was so cursed. That's just the CW for you. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a bit of housekeeping left so i'm gonna make joe do it there was nothing out for dc or marvel like there was some indie stuff out but they knew that you guys were gonna cover this and that you were gonna have me on as a guest and that i can't read they were like we'll do this just for aiden (laughs) it's possible they were being patriotic and they were like we don't want you people reading comics during the fourth of july so Mm. like Oh, that's probably the more logical answer. But why would Marvel (laughs) refuse that opportunity to just sell out all Captain America stuff? Exactly. You gotta read the classics, man. It's his birthday. (laughs) Oh my god. Also, wonderful news. Scott Lobdell is off of Red Hood and then out of DC Comics for good. Oh my god. Wasn't that, like, scheduled back in April? It was apparently scheduled back in April, but due to publishing being postponed, it's not happening now until, like, September, because that's when Red Hood Outlaws issue 50 is coming out. Well, I don't think 
Red Hood is ending, I think someone is going to take over. No, yeah, but I mean, Scott Lobdell Red Hood is bad. There's no other word to describe. I didn't even keep up with it that much. Yeah, I I didn't mind the beginning of the Rebirth run. It was actually really interesting, the dynamic between Jason, Artemis, and Bizarro. But then it just started to go into a really weird direction. And then he got rid of the two good characters that helped balance Jason. And then it was like, Rogue Jason! And then you're the villain half. And I said, screw it, I'm done. Now, Joe. Yes. There are some DC comics next week. There's a lot next week. Mm -hmm. Tell us all about it. Okay, so we have Batman 94, which is another build-up to Joker War. We have your favorite, Batman and the Outsiders, number 14, coming out. We have Batman's Grave, number 8, who should be getting a new writer within the next couple months, because I'm pretty sure Warren Ellis got fired. Wait, aren't they canceling it if he's gone? I don't know. But we also have Tom Taylor's fifth installment for the deceased series called dead planet number one coming out which is still crazy that this is the fifth installment i thought it was over like i thought it was just gonna be like a weird one-shot thing and never talked about again like yeah but now this is basically the sequel to it i think it's making too much money to die Mm. it's zombies people love their zombies yeah i like what you did there thank you yes with DC, they tend to take stuff that involves a lot of characters dying a little overboard, and then it gets annoying. <laughs> it's true. Yep. Maybe I'm talking about Injustice. What about it? <laughs> also written by Tom Taylor. And also, huh. so we have Tomasi's Detective, 1023. Oh, yeah. We have The Flash, 757. Grant Morrison's Green Lantern, Season 2, Number 5. <laughs> we have... Harley Quinn number 74 with more Harley Booster Gold Will They Won't They. No. We have Hawkman number 25. The simultaneous no. (laughs) We have Joker Harley Criminal Sanity Secret Files number one. I have no idea why that's having a thing. Ew. That's part of the Black Label story, which is like No, 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 no. Say psych right now. Say psych or else. It's not what you're thinking, Aiden. So Joker's a serial killer. Harley okay. is working with the GCPD uh-huh. as like a psychoanalyst to find out like this killer that is copycatting the Joker. Oh, it's not the actual Joker. That sounds so fun. <laughs> it's like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Doing Hannibal. No it's relationships. Happening. It's fine. It's gonna be a relationship. It's gonna but, be the Clarice uh, Starling thing. Let me see. Where are we Justice League. Okay. Venditti's Justice League number forty-eight. Then we have Justice League Odyssey number twenty-two. The last issue of Greg Rucka's Lois Lane, number 12. Finally. 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 (laughs) Superman 23. And then Wonder Woman, number 758. Which I am now reading because I'm on the Wonder Woman train now. Oh my god, I love Wonder Woman. Because you are Wonder Woman. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. We've seen what you look like. You can't hide anymore. (laughs) She has the pretty hair. Her hugs make you feel so secure. Okay, here I go. Losing losing my marbles immediately. They're gone on the floor, and it's your guys' fault. Aw. We'll buy you more. They're like a dollar. (laughs) Dollar a bag. My brain marbles are worth a dollar. (laughs) Oh, Muse. Yes. What Marvel comics are coming out next week? All right. Marvel doesn't have as many comics as DC. We have Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, number eight. Empire Fantastic Four, number zero. So we're getting the Fantastic Four side of the whole Empire event. 
it seems, even despite the fact that Hulkling seems to be the major instigator in all of this, he's barely in any covers. Like, all of the other variant covers are Avengers or Fantastic Four characters, and I'm a little upset. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we also have Doctor Strange number five, Ghost Rider number seven, Marvel's X number four, Strange Academy number two, which I'm hopefully going to pick up again because it's great. X-Force number 10 and X-Men God Loves Man Kills Extended Cut number one. I don't even know what that is. So what? that was apparently a story from like several years ago. That's what but I thought. But they're just doing a reprint of an extended cut from the writer. Interesting. Okay. That's as much as I know about it. I know of the title, The God Loves Man Kills. Marvel's been reprinting a lot of these extended cut things, but... Yeah, so that's it for Marvel. Not much going on. Nice. All right, well, I guess we will review a whole pile of these next week. Funsies. I got my Batman detective, so I'll be, like, squirreling that away. (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to talk about the cease because Superman's going to make me sad. Oh, rip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing some Empire as a palate cleanser. Yes, I can read the brand new number one Joker Harley nonsense. I'm going to read that one just to make myself upset. (laughs) (gasps) Delegate to Aiden and make her come back. (laughs) Aiden, suffer with us. Oh my god, you're baiting me. Aiden, you are a joy forever. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to keep track of how many times you've insulted yourself on this podcast. (laughs) Well, next time we'll get a bean counter and we'll keep it going. (laughs) Oh boy. be like everyone pick a number and whoever's number's closest gets the prize of the week the prize of the week (laughs) is me drawing something for them as penance (laughs) 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 oh i love this okay aiden you are always welcome back we love having you oh i love being here (laughs) thank you to everyone who listened (laughs) through all of that Anyways, Aiden. Yeah. <laughs> One last question. Uh-huh. Where can people find you on the internet? To harass you or hear you self-deprecate more. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a Tumblr, but I've also got a Twitter. Amethyt, which is A-M-E-T-H-Y-H-T. So it's like Amethyst, okay. but the S is replaced with an H. Um, and then my Tumblr is allisonreynolds at .tumblr.com. I have so many questions, but I will it's ask It's a book you character. Afterwards. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to everyone who listened. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at Court of Owlets. Let us know which comics you want us to cover next week, and make sure to stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast on Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and everywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye.